Welcome to the Vet Church Podcast. Vet Church interviews are authentic, sacred, and inspirational. Vet Church is open to anyone who appreciates the sacrifice made by the women and men who put on a uniform and served this great nation. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com. Hey, Vet Church, welcome to another podcast. Sitting here with Stephanie Waddell, a minister of the gospel, a minister of hope, someone who walks with people through recovery. And I'm in your army veteran. Oh, yeah. Four years. Four years, long enough. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll, that'll do it right there. Well, you were, you were in Afghanistan, in Iraq, while I was in Afghanistan. Yeah. Same time frame. Yeah. So. Um, let's get started. Okay. Tell me a little bit about um, by yourself. There you go. All right, cool. Um, so I grew up in central Florida, about an hour north of Tampa. My father has been a drug dealer my entire life. So the world that my brother and I grew up in was very different than most folks uh, would know as normal. <laughs> Our normal was very different. Um, we ended up with a lot of personalities in our home and um violence and chaos and just things that you shouldn't see as a young child so uh needless to say we kind of fell into um the chaos by age 11 I was stealing my dad's pot and by 13 drinking heavily by 15 I was out of my dad's house um living with a man twice my age selling drugs and using them to numb my reality. Um, I spent nearly eight years lost in pretty bad place, darkness, chaos, um, really, really um, <laughs> very dark place is all, all I'll say on that one. Um, at 23, I ended up homeless. I had smashed my car into the umpteenth thing and with nothing going for me, no place to live, no job, no car. I ended up back at my dad's house. And uh, at the advice of old man Fox, he was a retired military guy. Um, he told me I was better than the life I was living and encouraged me to join the military. Um, that actually so um, crazy. You know, it's Veterans Day, right? And so that was my Facebook post today was just remembering Fox and how his encouragement in my life completely transformed the path of my life right um so I went to see an army recruiter I was a high school dropout and um they helped me get my GED and I was off to boot camp three weeks later and army was awesome monumental right taught me structure discipline all the things that I had been lacking in my life um but it also fueled my promiscuity and alcoholism so I uh I did four years overseas, all four. I got sent to Bombholder, Germany. I was thinking the army would change <laughs> my chaos, um, but it actually added to my chaos. So I went to, I got sent to Bombholder, Germany, where the bars don't close. And <laughs> so, you know, that was probably not the best place for me. <laughs> um, I continued to drink um, away my emptiness for, you know, the time that I was in the military and deployed overseas and by the time I had less than a year left in service I had been overseas my entire tour and I was just like okay I just want to go home <laughs> I was like I've been 
overseas in Germany and then Iraq, I was ready to just come home to Florida, you know, and uh, so I did. I got out in 2010. I actually live right around the corner from you. Um, I bought my house there in 2010 when I got out of the army. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I continued partying, but I went to school. So um, I would, I was a functioning alcoholic, drank every day, but I went to school. I graduated my associates in business management, but I would drink until I blacked out pretty much every single night. Um, Mullet Festival 2013 was the last time I drank or drugged. I, my mother was a born-again Christian when I came out of the Army, and uh, she had been bugging me to go to church. <laughs> my only experience with church prior to that was uh, to get out of cleaning the barracks on Sunday. I would go to church. <laughs> so um, that was basic training. That was my only prior church experience. Um, and so... I went to church with mom when I got out of the army, on and off, still functioning alcoholic, doing my stuff. Um, but three years in, I had finally had enough. I had finally, I was almost 30 or right at 30 and God had been working on me for a little bit. And um, I did another weekend of blackout drunk stupidity, doing things I would have never done if I was sober. And um, I hit my knees and I asked God to change my life. And that was uh, about nine years ago, three weeks ago. <laughs> so... Um, it's been a wild ride and, and, um, you know, we just ha hosted, I haven't, I will come back to this, but I have a nonprofit and we just hosted the Niceville Bazaar at the Mullet Festival grounds exactly nine years to the day, the last time I drank and we hosted the Niceville Bazaar and raised over $10,000 for, uh, Christ Center Recovery and Resources, taking back the ground that the enemy had meant for evil. So it was pretty awesome. <laughs> um, but anyhow, like I said, nine years ago, and um, I started attending Celebrate Recovery at Cross Point Church um, when mom who was getting me to go to church, and I hit my knees, and all the people I knew were partying and drinking and doing all that, and I had no friends to like, figure out what to do with myself. Um, so I started attending Cross Point here, and I went to all the churches in the area, and um they had the sign that said, come as you are. And back then I drove a jacked up Jeep and cussed and smoked and tattoos, the whole nine. So, Well, you're part of the tribe. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> um, I needed a church that wasn't going to judge me for how I was, uh, how I presented at that time. And um, they didn't, you know, I walked in there and they loved me right where I was at, knowing even how, um, how far I was from Christ at the time is crazy. Um, but I got into a small group and I found Celebrate Recovery and I completed a step study and started sharing my testimony and, and throughout all of this, I, um, I had started working at Coca-Cola, which is right here. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, so I started at Coke in March of 2013. I got sober in October of 2013. And then, um, I got my first promotion uh, two months later, I got my second promotion six months after that. I got my third promotion six months after that. I got my fourth promotion 18 months after that. And what I can tell you, looking back, hindsight's 2020, right? So the more involved I got in Celebrate Recovery, the more I started helping other people, the more God blessed my work at Coca-Cola, the more he expanded my territory, the more I was able to go out and share my testimony. Because once you've completed a step study at Celebrate Recovery, you can share your testimony at any Celebrate Recovery. So they're in 35,000 churches worldwide. So I've been blessed now to have shared my testimony all over Florida, Georgia, and Alabama because of my job. And so as I travel for work with Coke, I get to... Spread hope. So you're still working with Coke. I do. 
I am a key account developer for Coca-Cola. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. They they have been awesome. They know what I do. They, uh, you know, as long as I'm kicking butt and selling Coke, I'm a Coke dealer, just not the kind I used to be. Um, they're, they're good with it. <laughs> you know, um, they have been amazing. Uh, really, truly allowed me to kind of just come into my own. I, I had to present in front of hundreds of people from my my day job with coke and i was terrified of public speaking (laughs) and so in between you know celebrate recovery getting me comfortable speaking in front of people in my day job getting me comfortable and speaking in front of people you know i could just see how god has used all of those things to bring me to where he's got me today which two years ago i was asked to take over as the recovery minister at cross point um the church i walked into nine years ago when i didn't believe in jesus (laughs) so is that not cool um and uh, God has really transformed my entire family through the ministry of Celebrate Recovery. Jesus has used it to just bless the crap out of us. Um, so after two years um, of bugging my mother to come to Celebrate Recovery, who was, she's a born-again Christian, living the godly life. She doesn't need Celebrate Recovery, right? Um, it's for those people. <laughs> she starts coming. It only took me two years to get her to come. Uh, she graduated a step study, became a leader. Her husband came, graduated a step study. He's a leader at the South Crestview campus. My brother showed up on my doorstep four, I was four years sober. My brother Rex did not go in the military. He stayed with my father. He sold drugs with my father. He ended up um, becoming an IV drug addict and having multiple open heart surgeries he has a mechanical valve in his heart he has had spleen surgery he's had a stroke um and he's lost three finger fingers on his left hand all from his iv drug addiction and he showed up on my doorstep and said that he saw me change so he knew he could and uh we got him into a program through celebrate recovery uh he it's called project hope recovery center i don't know if you've ever heard of it Uh, no where's it at crestview yeah it's on highway 90 in crestview and um God's calling. Yeah, God's calling. There you go. <laughs> um, he got into that program. Uh, it's a 12-month residential faith-based program. He graduated. He became an intern. He became staff. He became the program manager, and he is now the executive director of Project Hope Florida. And just three weeks ago, I well, okay, maybe a little longer than three weeks, maybe five weeks ago, I flew to Texas to watch him get ordained in the uh, Global Ministries Church. So it's just amazing to watch what God is doing. Um, and then my father, sitting in a prison cell, um, accepted Christ and got baptized in 2020, uh, all through being able to share the gospel with him and sending him Celebrate Recovery Inside materials, because I'm a state rep for Celebrate Recovery Inside Jails and Prisons. So I just, you know, totally blown away by what God does when we surrender to him and we continue taking the next right step. Um, and what he's used the ministry of Celebrate Recovery to do in my family just blows my mind every time I... I even think about it, which is why I well up. <laughs> Blows my mind. And then yesterday, I got Celebrate Recovery into the Oakloose County Jail. I've been trying to do that for four years. <laughs> Sorry, got <laughs> No, that's cool. I mean, uh... Get a little excited. Four years I've been trying to get uh, Celebrate Recovery in the Oakloose County Jail and finally got approved yesterday. So just super awesome to watch God work when we let him. So... I mean, you, I mean you, you, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I just. <laughs> I want to go back to Fox. Oh, man, Fox, yeah. He was a retired Navy guy. Yeah? Yeah. I, I loved it. Like, you know, when um, sitting that little round thing right there, it's a feeling wheel. Mm. Yeah, if y'all out there don't know what a feeling wheel is, Google feeling wheel. <laughs> and it has all this emotional content. 
And as soon as you mentioned Fox, Mr. Fox, how did I write it down? Old Man, old man Fox. Fox. That's how you said it. That's right. Old, it's man, old man, Fox. man Fox. It's almost like you started crying. I, oh, I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, why? He was like a father. Well, you had a father. He was selling drugs. Exactly. Correct. <laughs> so, so tell, tell us more. Okay. I mean, yeah, like, it's, yeah, yeah, I got it's you. important. You know, like, I mean, mm. I, I learned a long time ago that we follow the emotional content mm-hmm. because it's where the gold's at. No, it's where there the you diamonds go. Yeah, are. I like it. Okay. Yeah. So um, Fox owned the house that everybody partied at. So Old Man Fox's house was where everybody partied in Shady Hills. And so at 23 years old, when I ended up homeless and back at my dad's house, I went back to the party scene and um, Fox just encouraged me. And he was like, you're, you're better than the way you're living. Everybody I knew was strung out, dead, in jail, um, just lost. And, and Fox really encouraged me and, and com- convinced me I was worth more than what I believed I was worth, right? And uh, he took me to the recruiter. <laughs> um, and throughout my entire time in service, he was the constant. And he passed a couple years ago. So I guess that's why I get super emotional about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was he was the constant father figure that I didn't have. Because my dad was too busy out selling drugs and doing what my dad was doing. He loved you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like his own. <laughs> well, you were his own. I mean, it's you don't have to be born of somebody to, to be, to belong. Yeah, for sure. Had to make me cry, didn't you? <laughs> oh, I didn't make you cry. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's easy. Look, I cry all the time now. Look, it's yeah. part of my testimony at Celebrate Recovery is I used to be this big, badass, hard-shelled, you know, chick. Um, and now he makes, he makes me cry all the time. My mom tells me not to squelch the Holy Spirit. <laughs> she says that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I was like, okay. I, um, I would go with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I think um, I'm so much. You know, I spoke to a woman yesterday sadness in her just so much sadness and she was crying and I said I can't wait for those to be tears of joy because when we get you to the other side of that when we get to the other side of the pain and you see the purpose for the pain those will be tears of joy and so I that's what I told this woman yesterday so I'm just um I'm glad mine are tears of joy I spent a lot of years crying tears of sadness and now I get you know if I'm gonna cry I'd rather be for joy well you know, we live, you know, I, I refer to our tribe, the military, like between 14 and 44 of us a day commit suicide, complete suicide yeah. on a national level in the United States, about 125 people a day are killing themselves. Yep. That's a lot of people just saying I'm worthless. Yep. I have no value. I'm, I'm done. And, um. I love it that you said on the other side, the tears turn from, from sorrow to joy. And uh, it's hard not to want to weep over the idea that people come to a place where they're worthless. Mm-hmm. Like, like I can see you now partying. And the whole group, I mean, like the, the, the scene that you're describing is like, Almost everybody in the army, at some point or another, is faced with the opportunity to just keep getting drunk or high or or whatever, you know. And 
the the strange thing about that is is you're just you just there's no end to it mm-hmm. and and you know so we we talk about hope you talk about God coming into your life mm-hmm. and so like i want to i want to even go deeper with this emotional stuff mm-hmm. right like i want to like what what does it mean to no longer use your body to stimulate at one point you said you know to like to keep putting off or or moving in a direction where you're not like you're just you're not thinking about what's real mm-hmm. because you're you're trying to find worth you're trying to find value mm-hmm. you're struggling to matter mm-hmm. and the little cliches and the little like okay we're gonna go to a party like even to say that like you know what when I think about partying is to rejoice mm. to really party is to rejoice. Mm. And when I think about drugs, I'm pulled back into when I got out and these doctors drugged me up and I became very suicidal. And um, at the same time, after I you know, came out of that and had to use marijuana to, to get clean and everything mm-hmm. else, and you f- I found myself really struggling with the idea of substance abuse because mm-hmm. it's all around me from oh, yeah. sugar Oh, yeah. Coffee? Ooh, everybody loves coffee. <laughs> People are abusing it right and left. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's a substance. and We have abuse that's going on. And, and really what it is is, like, people keep trying to find something of value. Like, I have to have my coffee or I have to have my tea or I have to. But do you have to? It's mm-hmm. not. Aren't you sufficient enough? Don't you have enough worth and value within yourself? Yeah. Talk, talk to me about this worth and value. <laughs> like I've I've kind of built up to this point. Like yeah. I, because because this is what you do now. Like you're you're working for Coca Cola. I mean, heck, everybody knows they started out putting cocaine in drinks, <laughs> um, <laughs> and you made it. You even made that. You know, I'm a different kind of Coke dealer now. Yeah. And um, my wife will tell you there is nothing like one of those Mexican Coca Colas. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great Mexican restaurant over in Freeport. <laughs> they sell the authentic little, you know. Um. So, so tell me about this. Like, how did you, like, when you come to this com- complete change? It's a process. Talk to me about the process. Yeah, so that's a process. That's not, so we, you know, and, and what I have to tell sponsees now is I didn't go from hitting my knees and asking my mother's God, if you're real, change my life, to spreading the gospel overnight, right? It's a process. It's a day-by-day, minute-by-minute, second-by-second process that we have to work and we have to continuously strive um, to get to the other side of of the pain, Um, especially when you grow up in an environment like I did and, and a lot of a lot of it in the beginning doesn't make sense. Like, how can I believe in a God that would allow me to grow up in that environment and to experience the things that I experienced and, and all that stuff? Um, it's a process. It's it's daily getting into the Word. It's daily getting around people who want to see you do better and, and, and changing your environment, your people, places, and things. Um, and so, you know, that... That is why I'm such a strong advocate for the ministry of Celebrate Recovery. I mean, I just, I can't explain it enough to, to, to say that um, walking into a room full of people who know they are broken and who know they need a savior 
um, is so much different than walking into a, a church. And I'm not bashing anybody. I'm just saying um, they know that they need Jesus. They know they're broken. And, and, and we know we're broken, right? And so when you get to walk into an environment where you're dealing with people who know that and you're going into a small group and setting where you're hearing other people share things that make you realize I'm not alone. I'm not the only one out there. I'm not the only one that thinks those thoughts that feels that way. You gain accountability. We talked about that earlier before we started the show. Accountability is huge in the ministry of Celebrate Recovery. And so when I started this process, I had to get around people who wanted to see me do good and hold me accountable. And that's what the ministry of Celebrate Recovery has done for, for me and, and for my process. So second by second, minute by minute, day by day. And the, the longer you're doing this thing, the easier it gets. And um, then you come to this point where you're just like, <laughs> I would never want to be there again. I would never in my life ever want to go back to who I was or the life I lived or the people that I spent my time with. Um, which is kind of crazy because there was a time where being around those people was the only thing I wanted, um, to, to, to be included and in, in accepted and all those things, right. Um, that everybody wants. And I looked for acceptance and fulfillment in, in relationships with men and other people. And, and instead of looking to the only one that can give me true peace and acceptance, acceptance, Jesus, you know? Um, so I guess the only thing I can say in all of that is um, you have to have the want and desire to change. And then you have to find people who want to walk alongside you and do that because you're not going to find hope by yourself. Well, I, I love the way you, you, you keep referring to accountability. And we live in a society that, and I mean like for society, mm-hmm. we use the idea of accountability like a, Almost like the little kid reaching for the cookie jar and mom slaps his hand. Pow! Like, <laughs> maybe I experienced that. Um, <laughs> you know, like, and, and, but that's not accountability. Accountability is kind of like what you just said about somebody will walk with you. Talk, talk to me, like, talk to us. I mean, there's people that are terrified of authenticity, of being, mm-hmm. of, of, of having you see who they are. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and it is it like you know like I'm I live a pretty open life right like I I'm just who I am and it's not easy I, I I'm always amazed at people that are like you're gonna stand up there and play music or talk or yeah and I'm gonna mess up and it's gonna be it's gonna be just fantastic mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm gonna yeah. enjoy it yeah. because I've 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 come a little different but like what does that look like in the sense of like Celebrate Recovery. Now, that's a national organization. Yeah, so Celebrate Recovery is in over 35,000 churches, prisons, jails, homeless shelters, recovery homes across the world. So not even just in the U.S. So they're across the world. Uh, CelebrateRecovery.com has a group locator. So you put in your zip code, you tell it how many miles to go out, and it will give you all the Celebrate Recoveries in your area. And so tell us about what happens with this accountability stuff. Because now, <laughs> now we've built this thing up like... I'm I'm sitting here and I'm you know, I'm uh I'm 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 looking over at my meth stash and I'm thinking, well, <laughs> as soon as I do the rest of this, I'm gonna change. <laughs> as soon as I smoke my last How cigarette, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> as soon as I'm done with that jack, I'm done. Yeah. 
And then the person's saying that, and the, but they're thinking, well, you know, I don't know if I want to walk through that door because this mm-hmm. accountability word mm-hmm. keeps popping up. Yeah. What's that going to look like? So um, if we're talking specifically CR, um, you know, when you come into a Celebrate Recovery meeting because there is a DNA of Celebrate Recovery. So that, that DNA? Yeah. So the DNA of Celebrate Recovery is what every Celebrate Recovery um, has to do in order to be listed on the national website, right? So basically means that you have a large group time where you have worship, a teaching, or a testimony. Um, our teachings, there's 25 lessons. You go through the same 25 lessons um, every year every other week so you got teaching testimony teaching testimony you got two specials that's 52 weeks in a year um so you come through you've got uh some of them have dinner that's not dna but you've got worship that's dna you've got teaching or testimony that has to happen and then you have small groups and your small groups are gender specific small groups so we have men's small groups and women's small groups what are we doing in this world where so many people don't even know what they are anymore yeah, gosh, I, I couldn't even answer that. Well, I know, you know what, I could, I can't answer that. So we are affirming their ability to decide whatever they are when, when we should be affirming the fact that biologically you, you are what you were born to be. And, and we are creating a society where it's okay to follow your every whim. And if I feel like this right now, then that's what it is. But if I feel like this tomorrow, then that's what it is. Well, you know, not only biblically, but biologically, that doesn't make sense. It, you know, so we've gotten so... Um, <laughs> Peptivismal made a huge amount of money on that feeling thing. I'm telling you. <laughs> if you just follow your feelings, yeah. the feelings, you have to follow them. But you, like it's, it, some things can be very dangerous. You could yeah. do a sex change off of a feeling, I mean, and, and you you're can't letting come kids back. do it now yeah. without parental consent. I mean, come okay. Anyway, we'll go down a rabbit hole on that one. Um, yeah, so we have our gender specific small groups, and we go based on biological gender. So if we have someone who comes in who has gender identity issues, um, it, it is based on your biological gender for celebrate recovery. Um, at my church, each church runs their celebrate recovery within the confines of their church. Okay. So, um, you know, celebrate recovery is a, a ministry that can, can be held in any church in no denominate. We have no denominational affiliations. There isn't no, because I, I, and this is my point of view, not a celebrate recovery point of view. I don't know what the national team would say on this, but for me, denomination is man-made and following Jesus is completely devoid of denomination. So, um, anyway, so celebrate recovery can be found in any church <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> um, and we, our teachings, our lessons are built, are built on the eight principles of re- recovery, which are built on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. So the eight principles of celebrate recovery are out of Matthew, you know, they're Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And, um, it's the 12 steps plus their biblical comparisons. So anyhow, so you'll come and you'll have worship and you'll have either a teaching or a testimony. Hopefully you're working, walking into a welcoming environment and every Celebrate Recovery is different because it takes on the characteristics of its ministry leader and its church. Um, but they have to have those same DNA things. Um, if you came to my Celebrate Recovery on a Tuesday night, you might walk into a very high energy room and... Um, you should be welcomed by more than one person, and uh, we have several small groups. The first time somebody comes, they would go to the newcomers class, 
and we would tell them what Celebrate Recovery is, uh, help them figure out what small group they would go to the following week because Celebrate Recovery is not only about addiction. Celebrate Recovery is uh, recovering the image of Christ, and it's for any of life's hurts, habits, or hang-ups. So we're talking about any type of trauma, um, anger, financial mismanagement, any, any struggle we have because here's the thing. On this side of heaven, we're going to always be struggling to recover the image of Christ in our lives. Oh, and if yeah. and if you feel like you've arrived, then you've got bigger issues than I could help you with. <laughs> so, you know, um, that's what Celebrate Recovery is all about. It's about identifying our character defects that stop us from a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ and others and working through those character defects. So today, I'll give you an example. I have perfection issues. <laughs> perfectionism and, and uh, control, right? And I had some volunteers that lovingly came to volunteer at the Freedom House, which is the women's transitional home we are opening. And um, I got pictures of what they did and like, oh boy, they were amazing. And they did so many things in such an, a loving way. But there were some things that my perfectionism wanted to scream on the inside. And I called my mom and I'm like, mom, what is wrong with me? You've got these amazing people who come and serve. They're and, volunteers. And they're volunteers. And, and I lead a volunteer ministry with 50 plus volunteer leaders. And, you know, so God is working on me hardcore with my perfectionism because you know what? I shouldn't get so worked up over something that means nothing, has no eternal consequence, how they organize something, right? But their hearts were in the right place. They came to, to serve. And so for me, I have to work on that anger. And, and, and why did I get angry? What, are, what was the cause behind me getting angry? Okay, well, you know, process through it, right? Well, it makes more work for me because I have to go back and fix it. So I'm already overburdened with work. <laughs> so here's the anger that boiled up inside of me. The root cause is that I'm not balancing my time properly <laughs> and I'm overworking myself. So, you know, um, I don't know if that made sense, <laughs> but it's just, we're always going to be working to recover the image of Christ because we're never going to be that perfect, sinless person that Jesus was. Well, so like, you know, in the vein of being who I am, yeah. I'm not going to ignore your overburdened with work comment. <laughs> what do you do for fun? Ride my motorcycle. Uh, so I ride my Harley, um, and then I play with my dogs. I have four dogs, three Rottweilers and Alaskan Malamute. Wow. So when you go for a ride, <laughs> I've had a couple of Harleys and I'm, I'm, I'm bikeless at the moment. And, uh, and, and part of that's like, I feel like, Hey, I, I survived. I didn't, I didn't lose my legs. <laughs> Um, I had a problem. Well, you know, I was on that Paxil. I was on a lot of Paxil, and um, yeah, I could I could barely get on the motorcycle without doing 120. Oh, I, yeah. I just had a problem. I like speed. Uh huh. At once upon a time, I was bigger, faster, stronger, and and now I'm weaker, older, slower. <laughs> <laughs> but that motorcycle was fast, right? Mm-hmm. And um. And, and those drugs were surging through mm-hmm. my head. And, you know, my serotonin levels were wherever they were at, and I could just do anything. I didn't feel anything. And so, like, my, my therapist would tell me when I'd leave the VA, and um, he'd say, well, I want you to go them back roads. Up, you know, I lived in Al- uh, 
Baker at the time, mm-hmm. up near Alabama, and mm-hmm. just ride around a little bit, let this stuff maturate. It was hard. It was it was tough to slow down. Mm-hmm. I've been going 100 miles an hour, it felt like, all the time. And I'm mm-hmm. not talking just about on the bike. I mean, my whole life. Yeah. I was a chaplain, I was an Army chaplain. Uh, we were in the Korengal Valley. You know, 0809, we fired more ammunition in Korengal Valley than than they did in all of Iraq that mm-hmm. year. And I remember that saying as we were leaving and doing the, you know, handover. It's like, you you know, like I remember thinking one day, I was sitting up there in my hot tub up in Baker, and, and uh, somebody from 7th Group, the sore guys, fly over. And I look up, and I'm like, man, I'm never getting in a Blackhawk again. You know, like I'm never, that, that's, that's my, that part of my life's over with. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was sad, I was mourning it. And it's tough. It's really hard to like ride. And you see, you ride and you play with your dogs, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. How do you meditate? So, uh, <laughs> actually, riding because so God knew the one place He could detach me from my phones and all of the other things going on yeah, in my life. Yeah, you've got two of them going here. Yeah, <laughs> so I have my personal phone and my work phone, right? And. Um, so writing Super is where cool. I spend my my quiet time with God. It's not quiet because I get to hear the or the motor, right? But but it's a it's alone time with Him. Um, now on my my ninety three Harley, I did put some big speakers, <laughs> and so so when I ride that one, I do listen to my worship music as loud as humanly possible so everyone can hear it. Um, well, but, thank you, thank you for that. Yeah, I, I and, was trying to sleep. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably because I do try ride by I'm here. Just a yeah, uh, but on my 01 Heritage, I don't have any speakers. And so that's where I, I do a lot of the meditating with God thing. Um, but also, I have learned that as much as I do do, um, I have to stop because if I don't, I will eventually crash. I crash for a day, you know, and <laughs> then I'm back at it. But um, so, you know, t- I try twice a week to, to just get in a bathtub and just be quiet. And, and that's kind of... Because my mentor <laughs> is really trying to get me to do quiet time with God, not my worship music, not sermons, watching sermons, because I'm just, I am built to be going all the time. I, I mean, God built me. He knows how I am, and that's just how I am. But she's trying to get me, <laughs> she gave me, um, I think it's First Kings 19, somewhere in there, Elijah, and uh, the gentle whisper. And, and, you know, God didn't come in the storm he came in the gentle whisper, and she's trying to get me to understand that I need to hear the the gentle whisper. So I am making a concerted effort to to, to hear the the gentle whisper, and and um so you know once twice a week my bathtub is is kind of where I'm doing that. But I'm also full time or not full time, but I'm also in school um, doing my BS uh, in religion at or biblical studies at Liberty. So oh yeah okay. yeah so I'm in the bath reading currently about. Christian history, which if you haven't read about all of that, holy cow. Um, so well, Catholicism it's, it's... To, to Lutherans, to, to, to all the things, it, um, you know, really cool, very interesting. Right now I'm in this history class. Um, just reminds me why I don't believe in denominations. So um, well, Now all those books were written from a denominational perspective. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I know they are. And I'm just like, 
The, his, uh, the history of Christianity is pretty interesting. Though. Yeah. I'll it, give you that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't like to read, y'all. And I'm reading this stuff. And I'm like sitting in the bathtub for three hours. I t- I've done read two chapters. I'm like, heck, I knocked out my homework for the week. <laughs> it's really good stuff. I mean, but, you know, they were martyring Christians and, and I mean, killing each other, you know, over, over, <laughs> over communion. I'm just, mm-hmm. it blows my mind. It, how much more impactful could the body of Christ be if we quit bickering and went out and, and shared the gospel with the lost and hurting in our world? Holy crap. Okay, sorry. Got a tangent there for a moment. I apologize. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> like, well, I mean, like, um, it, it was interesting when, when you when you first got here, I said, um, you're a pastor and you said no i'm a minister <laughs> depending on what denomination <laughs> yes sir. and um you know i've i've done all the education you can do mm-hmm. in in the world of theology like i've gone to the top yeah and it doesn't mean a whole lot except that i know a lot more now about the things that i don't know mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm i'm probably more aware than you are of all the things the nuances that I don't have any idea about, mm. so I'm just more aware of my own ineptness. I guess mm-hmm. is oh, yeah, is what good. that mm-hmm. education really taught me. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's like I think about, I think about what you're doing. You're working. You got to make money. Mm-hmm. You're working for Coca Cola, and and in a very interesting organization that has reinvented itself almost every 10 years Mm. just beautiful job of um advertising reaching out to people i I, you know just for the record i cannot stand high fructose corn syrup i wish you guys would stop (laughs) that uh but I'd, i'd rather drink a coke than a pepsi sorry dr k every single day oh completely agree well um and it's cool because, like, you, you know, you're working really hard, and and I, you know, I, you know, like in in hearing you talk about this, I hear the passion, I hear the gratitude that you're still alive, that um, that Fox saw the value in you, mm-hmm. and and I wonder, like, just thinking about it, sitting here, and I. I and I'm thinking about the people that I that I know. Like so, you know, when I I told you I did 160 thousand miles driving around the country, mm-hmm. I would just have my guitar and I'd go meet veterans. And and one veteran might say, "You need to go see so and so," and I'd go see so and so. And um, it was weird. It was it was you know a lot of people like, oh, it must have been a great time. It was a lot of hard work. Is what it was. Yeah. It was it was horribly hard. My wife, two little dogs in a minivan. <laughs> And, um, but this world is not our home. Yeah. We're just passing through. Right. And so like to go and sit with somebody and, and, and sometimes I had to say things like, why in the heck are you living like this? Mm-hmm. You, you know, most mm-hmm. uh, many veterans with these disabilities and stuff, they're millionaires if they stay alive long enough. Mm. Think about it. You get paid X amount of dollars when you just add it up. Um, and, and, and so going from a very hard place and thinking about, the fact of, of celebrate recovery, like just the term recovery is like, what are you recovering? And so Fox saw the value in you. Mm-hmm. Do you see the value in you? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, to, okay, so I see the value. I see the value in what Jesus did for me. <laughs> and I see the value in me as in a vessel for him to help others. So if <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question. But I think that my my purpose on this planet is to help other people find him. Well, I, you know, I, I love that. You know, but I'm going to keep pushing you a little bit, <laughs> which is okay. I mean, we can always stop this or whatever. <laughs> so Jonah, you're familiar with the book of Jonah? Okay, yeah. Jonah, the whale. he's like, God's like, go tell them people to repent. And Jonah's like, oh, heck no, because if I do that, <laughs> they're going to repent. Mm-hmm. And I want you to kill them because the, the, the folks he was going to, talk about church history and stuff, it's the history of the world, really. They were they were killing people. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were killing the Jews, and, you know, gutting them and all kinds of weird stuff. And so Jonah's like, I'm not going to go do that. So he jumps on this boat, and he gets out in the middle of the water, and God's like, uh-uh, and he starts a storm. Mm-hmm. And the guys in the boat come to him, and they say this question. So what do you do? Okay, I miss it. So the guys in the boat, there's this been the storm, like, yeah. They say to Jonah, what do you do? They don't ask him. They ask him what he, his occupation is. Oh, like, gotcha. It's one of these major questions. Like, what do you do? Oh, okay. And you're a doer. What do I do? No, no. Yeah, yeah. I, you've already told yeah, us what I do you do. <laughs> you do a lot. And, and Stephanie, like when, I, when, I'm, when I'm like asking you about value, you say, well, I see that I'm God's purpose. You're back to the do question. You're just like Jonah. Uh-huh. You're 100% on. Now, what I don't think is you're like, Jonah, is like when you, I think because of what you're doing with Celebrate Recovery and rescuing people that are being abused and other things, I think that at that point, you're not so much like Jonah because Jonah's so angry with God because they do repent. Mm. He just, he's ticked off. Like the story's really about Jonah's little pity party party. later. (laughs) But like Fox, old man Fox sees you. Mm -hmm. Like, when the father says to the son, you go die, I want to have this relationship. And maybe, because God can be God, and we can't even comprehend it, right? Like, maybe he says every one of our names. Like, mm. the whole world, every single name. <laughs> all the value. For all eternity. <laughs> and, and maybe, you know, and he, you know Christ hears Stephanie. Uh-huh. And he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, she's got value. Not for what she can do. Mm-hmm. Because you're made in the image of God. Like, you have value. Amen. <laughs> And and so that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. do you see that? Like, do you see like, if you didn't work for Coke for one more minute, the folks down at a uh, cross point were like, "You're done. There is no celebrate recovery for you. <laughs> You're a meanie. You're done." Right. You still have I'm value. still valuable to God. Yes. Yeah. You're Absolutely. awesome. <laughs> well, it, it, it's it's yeah, such a hard thing in yeah, our society. Like, it really is. I mean, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Because your value has nothing to do with your work. Right. Absolutely. But I work for him because he's given me value. All right, let's go, let's go back to that word "but" and like yank it you out. Throw it out. Throw the butt out. Right. And I have value, and I work for him. Ah, I got you. Okay. Because you do. Yeah. The story you're telling me, like this woman that just walked into my house <laughs> that I've never met before. Know, on by, by the way, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it it's it's cool because you have value, you have worth. You started this story out with like, you've been to L.A.? I have. Seattle. Yeah, okay. I've not been to Seattle. L.A. Yeah. 
So I was at the studio in LA for a couple of days. We're driving around. Oh. It's pretty cool. And there's these people walking. They're like, it's like the Living Dead. Yeah. They're zombies. Mm. They're stoned. Mm-hmm. Or high, or That's maybe so, so incapacitated that they can't move. That's the path you were on. Oh, I, I should be dead t- ten times over, twenty times over. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and here you are, a, a veteran who's went to war. And God reaches down and says, hey, I'm going after you. Mm. Like, like it's not just about recovery. It's, it's about, like, he has captured you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't just see a woman here who's sitting here like, I'm recovered. Mm-hmm. I see a woman here who's captured, who's alive, who's got a whole new life, mm-hmm. who's walking in the fullness of, of real life. Like, it's an awesome story. Well, thank you. Yeah, he's uh, pretty much blown my freaking mind. So, I mean, I'm, that's why I do what I do. That's why when you ask me if I'll do this, I'm, I say yes. Anytime I get to brag on my God, absolutely. Absolutely. He deserves so much more than I could ever, ever give, right? My tag on my car is 2 Corinthians 5.17. For anyone who is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. The old life is gone. The new has come. That is my story, right? whoever's in Christ because I could go back to my old life. <laughs> well, and I love that. I, lo- I you know, like, it's so cool because it's like, you're real. Like this is the authentic. It's, it's for all of us. I mean, like the, the reason we're doing this is because I meet so many people and they say, well, I don't have anything to share. <laughs> Oof. I don't have a good story. Oh, and I, you know what? I get to hear that a lot at Celebrate Recovery. My st- <laughs> so, it's my phone. Oh, hang on a second. We're gonna we're gonna get this other phone that's going on. <laughs> now you've heard my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, what your mercy did for me by Micah Tyler. In case you were wondering, it's oh, an amazing song. Okay, sorry, that's on mute now. Sorry, it's what it. the song is. What your what mer- your mercy did for me. What your mercy did for me. Bye, Micah Tyler. Micah Tyler. Y'all go ahead and Google that song. I'm going to <laughs> I'm gonna put it in the iPod right here. Michael Tyler. Micah. Micah. Ooh, M-I-C-A-H-T-Y-L-E-R. He's an artist. Oh yeah. What's the name of the song again? What Your Mercy Did For Me. Okay, I'll have to there it is. It's on his uh, new today album. Y'all download that and give it a listen. Yeah, oh, um, so good. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, we like, this is it. I mean, we're talking about oh, yeah, people stories. not having I, oh, come stories. On. Let me let me tell you, I hear it all the time, especially in Celebrate Recovery. Because So for me, right, I have a story that's just so impactful. Everybody says, oh, well, your story is just so impactful. You've come back from so much, blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't mean it that way. I'm sorry. Um, it's the way it is, though. But, I'm, I'm totally with you. But... You know, here's the thing. Your story will touch someone in a way that my story can never touch someone. Each Absolutely. person is is so independently unique in the in what you've been through, what someone's been through. So I have to encourage people all the time, especially in a ministry where every other week we have testimonies. Every other week it's testimonies and you have somebody who's like, "Oh, well my story isn't is it's just it's not anything." Okay, well your story 
is your story for a reason and God gave it to you for a reason. You are meant to share your story to help others see the love of God. You are meant to share your story no matter how insignificant you may feel like your story is. You know, and I have to tell people all the time, a hurting mother is going to impact someone in a way that I could never impact someone or someone who's struggled with codependency. I've had to be like independent my whole life and, and, and take care of myself. I had to overcome um, a lack of empathy or compassion because I felt like, oh, well, you know, I had to push through unfair circumstances and make something of myself. Why shouldn't everyone else, right? I didn't have compassion, but Jesus taught me compassion. You know, um, why should I love others when they're not important to me? important to me because Christ loved me first, right? And so if someone's dealing with codependency, they're not going to pull from my story in that area, but but you may have it, right? So so when we undervalue the work of God in our lives, it it's it's devaluing what he's done. Your story is just as impactful as mine, if not more, to her or him or whatever, you know? So so I want to encourage anybody out there who's listening, if you feel like your story isn't impactful, it's just because you haven't stepped into it yet and God will use your story if you let him. Um, so you, you said that and it just made me think about all the times I've had to tell people, your story is important. You are important. What God has done in your life is important and you're keeping it to yourself. It's kind of selfish. <laughs> I mean that in the most loving way. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, um, so the vet church interview did yesterday, they were talking, the Troy Hamilton interview, he mentions like the phones, right? Like you've got two phones. I've got that iPhone here. He's, he, he mentioned like the idea that we're often looking at our phones. We're comparing ourselves with other people. I'll never forget. Like when I, when I got into the last honky talk music series. I'm not a great guitar player by any means, right? Like, I'm, uh, in fact, I'm, some people would say you're horrible. Um, <laughs> but I've played. I've played all over the country, and I, and I can play, you know. And I've played with, with incredibly great artists that many of you all have listened to on their radio. And um, the thing was, in the beginning, I was, I was always comparing myself to everybody. Mm. Like, can I do this? I'm not good enough. I'm well, I almost got it like so and so. Just stop all that. Mm-hmm. And this lady prayed for me. Uh, she took my hand. And um I, I don't I'm not even sure if she's a Christian. <laughs> uh but she's she's a wonderfully passionate individual. So she, she grabs my hand and she just petitions Christ to free me of like looking at everybody else. Mm-hmm. Come on. And, and just, like, be me. Yeah. And it's so hard because, like, a lot of folks, you know, like, I I do, you know, like, you, you said that the person needs a little sound bite or something. And, and we take pictures and we show people what mm-hmm. we're doing. And, and I do it. I mean, you can spend hours looking at the pictures and the videos that I've put up and made. And, mm-hmm. and um, the thing is... There's this, there's a, there's two things going on. One is a whole group of people are pulling you to look at me and say, you're not good enough. Mm. Instead of looking at me and going, Hey, I can too. Yeah. Amen. And I want to, I want to push that. I want to, I want to push this idea. Like you can too. Like yes. when I'm sitting here with you, Stephanie, I, I like 
tell all these people. I mean, you're wearing this 22 a day bracelet, just like I got some other stuff, and <laughs> and like you're doing all this stuff. You've got tattoos. I mean, you, yeah. you've, you've lived in this wild, wild world, <laughs> and you're still living in there. Every day, and I'm still vocationally out there, right? God, yeah, you're still working. God I mean, hasn't awesome. moved me out of that yet. <laughs> you know, any day now. No, I'm playing. Um, I, I, I get to do um, vocational ministry, right? The people I interact with in my day job are not people who are going to walk into a church. So so every day we're out there, we get to do va- vocational ministry, right? Um, no, so you can too is an absolute statement. Any Anybody, so it's the cliche uh, Philippians 4.13, it was on our dog tags when we were in, in basic training. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Anyone can be... Did, did I say it wrong? No, I just... I've got oh. to write that you can too down. Oh, okay. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can be where I'm sitting today or, or, or be out there doing the things that other people are doing. We just have to take the next right step. That's So, uh, so Freedom Life Compass, my nonprofit... Um, we are all about equipping people to take the next right step, providing Christ Center recovery and resources to Northwest Florida and the world. And so all we have to do is each moment take the next right step, make the next right decision, and, and just be bold and also connected, right? So I didn't get boldness by not knowing Christ. I didn't get boldness um, by avoiding my issues, <laughs> right? So working through my stuff, working through my issues, saying I am effed up, I have problems, I am messed up, and I got to work on them. And the only way I can make it through them is by. Sorry, I know I got loud. <laughs> no, no, you're good. If yeah. just because I look down, I yeah. mean, um, the only way that I can get through those those problems, those things that are stopping me from becoming who God is calling me to be, is by self examination and accountability. And so, um, you know, you can too is very simple. You can, you can do this. Anyone out there can, can be a, a game changer for Christ. My prayer, which is really cool because I was thinking about this, um, I think it was yesterday or today, and I'll get emotional about it. Early recovery, maybe a year or two in when I first started in leadership and celebrate recovery, early on in my walk with Christ, my prayer was make me a force to be reckoned with for the kingdom of God. Make me a force. This past Sunday, I spoke at Manor Church, and I stood up on that stage, and the pastor called me a vortex. (laughs) And I was like, what the heck is a vortex? (laughs) And my mom said, well, a vortex is like it's just spinning so much that it pulls people in, and and they want to be involved, and they want to make it happen. And I had a revelation yesterday morning when I was doing my devotions. It's like he's answering that prayer, right? He's making me a force to be reckoned with for his kingdom. I want the enemy to freaking tremble in his boots when my feet hit the ground, right? We can all be doing that. We just have to pray boldly, fervently, stay connected to Christ, get around people who want to see you do well and encourage you. If people speak negativity into your life, walk away from them. Don't let people speak negativity into your life. Um, And you can, you can make a difference you can just walk out the door and, and, and step into the real world if you're if you're hiding you know you, you can you can you can you can you just have to take the next right step i mean that's our motto on the freedom house logo the freedom house your next right step is it really yeah that sounds awesome All right, now we're gonna talk about freedom house but before oh, okay. we do i want to say something okay um 
and, and, and this is just Matt Williams saying to Stephanie, long before you knew Christ, he knew you were a force. <laughs> In the womb of your mom, he knew you were a force. He died for you and he knew you were a force. And, and, and whether or not you had done all the right checks and boxes, Christ loved you. Mm-hmm. And, like, and I can see how, like how the passion of God got into you. Like you, you know, the, um, Psalms 51 says, restore to me the joy of, my, of thy salvation mm-hmm. and renew, you know, I'm going to mess up the translation, but to be renewed within spirit. Like you, you are renewed. You're alive. The joy of God's salvation is within you. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. Like, it's <laughs> awesome sitting here with you. Like I, when you pulled up, I thought, wait, this is weird. Like, cause Kate was like, you know this lady at all? I'm like, nah, she's, you know, we, I mean, I got, we got plants outside. I'm building, so there's stuff all over the place. I'm building this art studio. And it takes something, I mean, we don't exactly live in the, you know, it's kind of a weird place to live. <laughs> and, um, and you just pulled up strong, ready going to see what's going on, you know. And and I love that. I, I think that that's important that we trust God and move forward. Because once you realize that your story is sacred, mm-hmm. which hopefully that's you know, that's that's one of the reasons we decided to vet church. We're gonna we're gonna do as many of these as we can before we die. Mm. Because everybody has a story. Yeah, for sure. And if we're all headed towards the kingdom of heaven, mm. how many more people can we bring along with us absolutely if we tell them our story yeah how many people are sitting there going like i'm just effed up mm-hmm. i mean when i started vet church i put up the little thing i said i like alliteration right fed up or effed up f apostrophe d because i couldn't say you know <laughs> up and if fed up or effed up come worship with us oh i like that and um yeah it's pretty cool because mm-hmm. it's it's us mm-hmm. as a people we get fed up Mm-hmm. The glitter and glitch only does so much for so so long. Mm-hmm. And then you're sitting there going like, so? After, you know, like, I've been to Afghanistan and, and Iraq, you know, and, and you've been to Iraq. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, so what? Now what? Mm-hmm. What's the next thing? Where's my worth and my value? It's not, a, it's not in what I do. Mm-hmm. What I do is a response to the God... To what God's done, yeah. To, exactly. I like the way you said that. Mm-hmm. And and I think that more and more people see that as we tell these stories. Mm-hmm. So tell us about this house. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's get on to this for a minute. <laughs> well, I already told you, so I have a nonprofit called Freedom Life Compass, right? So freedom we've found in Christ, a life compass guides your path, right? So Freedom Life Compass. Everybody always gives me crap about the name. <laughs> uh, but it was a 3 a.m. idea. Anyway, so... Uh, it's great. Uh, vision. Um, and it's changed shapes and sizes cause God likes to, you know, take my plans and shuffle them up and make them his own. And <laughs> so anyhow, um, we've been freedom life compass has been doing ministry or whatever you want to call it for the last four years, four and a half. Um, my brother's last stint of incarceration where he hit his knees and said he was ready to change his life. 17 year IV drug addict with six months of sobriety sitting in a jail cell, ready to change. There was a lack of resources provided. We were not 
at the time providing resources to these folks who are getting out of jail who are sober um, long enough to get a clear mind and be ready to change, right? So we started Freedom Life Compass to just help bridge the gap between the resources and the people who need the resources, right? Well, um, so we go into the jails, homeless shelters, uh, prisons. We provide Christ Center recovery and resources. We put people into programs. Um, we just help guide them to their next right step. Well, um, we do not have any transitional housing for single women in our area. So we have residential recovery programs. You've got Path of Grace out in Destin. You've got Saving Grace in Baker, both 12-month residential programs, faith-based for women. But we didn't have any transitional housing. So if I've got a woman who's been sitting in a jail cell or maybe doesn't struggle with addiction um, but needs a safe place to go, find out who she is in Christ, take the next right steps, come out of the environment that she's been in, if it's the abusive relationship, if it's the parents who are addicts, if it's whatever it may be, her environment, um, I had to send her to Panama City or Pensacola. I had nothing here. Um, so, <laughs> Jesus. Um my God is an awesome God, if you don't know that. Um, and I spoke at Niceville Strong last year. Not this past year, but the year before. And um, Chris Shinnick was there of Mana Church, and he heard me speak. And then that following December, um, I spoke at a, a group, Paracaleo. And Chris happened to be there, and he wasn't supposed to be there. He was supporting someone else. And uh, I spoke, and... and Perry Ann Herring actually invited me and then she introed me and she was like, you know, when I first met Stephanie four years ago, she's trying to open this women's home and da 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 da, da and, and you know, she's going to come and share her story. So at the end of that night, Chris goes, well, what would it mean if you had a building? <laughs> I was like, um, not to be a smart ass, but be, it, it'd mean the difference between doing this thing or continuing to do it the way I've been doing it. Right. So, um, from December to April, there was a ton of back and forth. They could have sold the building. It, it was a gift to them. So um, it, it's the old Bread of Life Church on County Line Road. Um, I drove by yesterday. Yeah. No, Tuesday. I, I, yeah. When me and my, we were driving down to Timpucci, and I was like, because I grew up out there. Uh -huh. I grew up on our own street. Okay. Okay. And I was like, Did hey, you this... see my sign? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> this used to be a church. And I was like, what is that place? <laughs> Because it used to be a church. Yeah, it was Brother Life Church for 40 years. Pastor Bob, um, and you can feel the Holy Spirit in there, man. I'm telling you. Like, it was the coolest thing. We did a video, and um, and they they asked me, like, how I was feeling. And we're sitting in the Freedom House, and it was gutted at the time. And, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm just terrified. I'm all the things, you know? Um, I said, but you can feel the love of God. This church has been prayed over for 40 years. Like you can just, you know it when you, it, oh my God, it's going to be so good. Anyway. So, um, they were gifted that church. Pastor Bob retired and he was, you know, man, a church meets at the high school, Niceville high school. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so they were thinking they were going to sell it. They probably could have got a couple hundred thousand dollars. They could have probably put a down payment on a property for them to open a church or, or whatever. Um, but I, I guess, walked into that picture and, um, <laughs> they obviously saw that they could do so much more with this opportunity for the kingdom of God than a couple hundred thousand dollars would have got them. Um, and so they've given me an opportunity. We have a five-year lease at a dollar a month that they're not really enforcing. <laughs> um, I, I can give you a month's worth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They they pay the they pay all of the utilities. Um, 
all of the things. They pay everything. And um, and we just get to go out there, and we are currently renovating, and um, we the, the inside is completely done. Um, we are working on adding a bathroom and laundry room um, because I have a pedestal sink and a toilet, and I can't house six women for six to 18 months with a pedestal sink and a toilet. So we are currently in the process of adding a bathroom and laundry room. Um, that will be phase one. We should be able to open once that's completed. So phase one would be that the women live in the existing building for six to 18 months, however they need. We teach them life skills. We pair them with a mentor. We get them into um, Celebrate Recovery, into a church, um, and they go to work. It's a halfway house. So, uh, And then phase two will be adding six individual rooms. I've been, uh, originally, it was going to be tiny houses, but Walton County... Um, has said that that we have to make it all under one roof. So we're not going to do the tiny homes. So we're going to just do another ad- addition, basically, of six individual rooms. Once we get the six rooms added on, the inside of the building uh, will become a resource center for the community. So we'll we'll have the ability for people to come and do job resumes and uh, life skills classes and people from the community to come in and share their talents with the folks or with um, anyone that wants to come and so if you think of like a career source or it used to be called jobs plus in Fort Walton uh, kind of a blend of that and like a benevolence from a church so where people can come and get resources and we can help them get into a program if they need a program I want to do soup kitchens on the weekends um, there's people that live in those woods out there if you grew up there you know yeah. the what what's going on out there and I believe that God placed us there for a very very big reason um, we've got a, a lot of opportunity especially like Choctaw there's a lot of homeless in, in Choctaw area too um, so Anyway, when we get the women out into a safe, secure, separate building, then um, we'll open the inside to uh, the community as a life center. Just a, you know. So you've mentioned now three times the mm. word mentorship in mm-hmm. this little hour oh, yeah. conversation. Oh, come on. It's important. Talk about it. Well, I mean, <laughs> so I'll tell you that uh, you're, ne- you, you're never going to get <laughs> – you're never going to get there alone for one. Okay. And for two, um, you know, God puts people in our paths to help guide us and, and just bring us along. And so for me, for, for what I would say for mentorship is there, it needs to be somebody that, um, you see qualities in them that you want to emulate. And so like for me, my mentor is kind and compassionate and like so connected to Jesus <laughs> and um, and she guides me and walks alongside me and she uh, critiques me when I'm messing up in the most loving way, right? Holds me accountable. Um, and so f- for me, mentorship or sponsorship, if you're thinking of, you know, AANA type of a situation, recovery, we call it sponsorship. It's the same thing. It's a mentor or a sponsor. Um are, are critical for for us to grow in our relationship with Jesus and others because you have to have that outside voice. I don't I'm not, I don't mean it like you have to have their approval. I mean it like it's good to have someone that can speak from a point of view that's different than what we're hearing or seeing in our lives, if that makes sense. Um, so so having a mentor um, just it it gives me. A, um, accountability and the, and the ability to just grow. Um, and then being a mentor allows me the ability to help someone else grow. 
Um, and I think that both of those are very important. I think you should always be building up someone and you should always be gleaning from someone who's living it out. And I mean, find the right person. You need someone who's living it out. Like, well, you can see that, that they love Jesus and they're doing their best to, to live for him. Um, and not everybody's, nobody's going to be perfect, right? So you have to give grace and everything and you have to, yeah, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, so in CR, we have sponsors and sponsees and accountability partners and all those things, right? And so... It, it, it's it, sometimes you have to remind people, people are human. We are people. People walk away from the church because of people. And it's like, okay, well, we're human. You're human. No one is ever going to be Jesus. And so you got to understand that we're all broken and we're all flawed. And until, you know, we reach the other side, we're going to have things that you're going to have to forgive and you're going to have to give grace. Um, so I just say that because I've dealt with a lot of people that are just like, oh, well, they did this or they did that. And I'm just like, okay, but but what have you done? What have you done to other people? Like, you got to talk it out. You got to bring it to them. You got to work through it because we're not going to grow if we don't work through it. You know? I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. I, like, I, you know, I'm just sitting here listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I think there's a lot of people that have no clue what a mentor is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. And now in the military, you hear that word a lot. Mm. And so I, I've got mentors in different areas of my life. I have mentors in my finances. I have mentors in my creativity. I have a, a mentor in art. I, um, I have one for my oil paintings. Another mentor for my ceramics. Mm. It. it if you're going to go far, I have one for like my, what I play music and stuff like Tebow Montgomery has mentored me. Um, you know, sometimes that's a swift kick in the rear end and yeah. sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh yeah, you're doing it right. It, there's, there's that. It's important because like, because you're not alone. Right. Absolutely. You know, it's like never met you before this morning, but right. we're we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. Like we're in the same family. Yep. Which is a weird thing. Like it's it's like, what does that mean? Because <laughs> um, a lot of people, their families, like it's a it's a point Oof. of ugh. well, and I'm sure at one point in your life, that's the first thing out of your mouth. My dad was a drug dealer. <laughs> Hey, look, people always ask me, like, uh, you know, you start with your family of origin, right? Your family of origin is the beginning of your life, right? On this earth is your family of origin. And a lot of times your family of origin sucks. (laughs) Well, at least in my experience. (laughs) Um, And a lot of people's experiences, because I deal with a lot of people that their family of origin sucks, you know? And... But it sounded like it came back around. Oh man, we're we're well, Jesus you... is killing it right now. I'm telling you, in our family, he is just blowing the doors off. Uh, there's story after story I can tell you, but yeah, right now, um, everybody is following him. Uh, you know, and and it blows my mind. Like my mom's uh, husband is the same guy that she left my dad for however many years ago that was and dad pulled a gun on them you know like and now everybody's following jesus just blows my freaking mind the stories that are intertwined in there but yeah 
Um, Dad will actually get out in January 18th. He will be out. I'd like um, to meet him. Like, I live right here. You know, you know right where I live. Just yeah, I do. Down. He'll be in a halfway house in Pensacola for 10 months or until they release him to us. Um, but yeah, he gets out uh, cool. eight years. He's been locked up this time. So super hey, exciting. So um, we have a lot of, you know, it's vet church. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of veterans and that's what I do, you know. Yeah. So I want to go, can you, will you go somewhere with me? Sure. Okay. So you mentioned that when you got in the military, you became more pros- promiscuous. Not when I got out of the military, but. You said when you were in. Yeah. When I was in. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, on. so that's, um, so I want to go back there cause I'll never forget like my first unit, you know, with specialist Williams and, um, this, this lady shows up, we had five women in the unit of 350 something mm-hmm. or 340 something mm-hmm. and this lady shows up and, and i'm standing and you know i'm at parade rest waiting on the first sergeant just like everybody else morning formation mm-hmm. and this this girl comes down and literally all around me like there's this bedding going on who's sleeping with her first <laughs> um we've done some uh talks about mst uh military sexual trauma mm. We've had, um, we had one of these interviews. We'll probably do some more in the future if the ladies want to talk about it again because we had to, we didn't do the waiver stuff back then, you know. So, like, all the first 84 are gone unless somebody wants to sign their waiver again. And the reason we talk about it is not because I give two rips about like discussing sexuality Mm -hmm. with you or anybody else. You know, the, the military, I got, into porn mm-hmm. like it's all over sexuality oh, is yeah. all over and, and well, that's a whole world but yeah right like it's 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 a it's a man it's a serious like it's this craziness that's going on mm-hmm. and so like the reason i wanted you to talk a little bit about something mm-hmm. is because you understand recovery mm-hmm. you're a minister mm-hmm. you're helping other people in their journey you've mm-hmm. said journeying several times i love that wow. yeah that's because that's what we do we journey with people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you're not standing there going like, this is the way you go. Turn left. I'm not a stop sign, yeah. you know, or, or roadmap. Yeah. I journey with people. And right. That's what you're doing. Yeah. And so there's, there's ladies and guys out there mm-hmm. who have just had sex, sex, sex. They have related to everybody through their genitalia. They relate to their own worth. Mm-hmm. Oh God. They yeah. cannot use the word love without thinking about a sexual action. Uh huh. Yeah. Talk to us. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> Talk to you. Um, so, ah, gosh. So, you know, that was a big problem for me, right? Uh, my father was absentee. And so my worth, I related to relationships with men, you know, controlling my body, you know, all those things. My value um, was was in that. Um making others want you what that that was like the the value that i i guess i believed was and i i don't know if i believed it was love or i don't know what i believed i was crazy but i will tell you um i will tell you that (laughs) sex fades physical attraction fades none Mm -hmm. of that is eternal right so if everything we base on a relationship with another person is around the physical, then we're never going to be happy because that's going to fade no matter what. That's going to fade. 
And so you have to be happy with the person without the physical so that you can find out if that's the person you want to be with. And um, I'm trying, I have a mentee who's young and the world we live in is hard and that's, she's lived through a lot of the things I lived through and, and she finds, she only correlate, correlates love with physical touch. And, um, and so it's really hard trying to walk her through this and explain to her that her worth is so much more than what she can give mm-hmm. a man, right? And um, and and but that's the only way that she understands someone loves me or I'm worth something is if they want that from me. She's not alone. No, it's 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 rampant in our culture. That, that that's what we've over sexualized everything. Um, Coca Cola. Oh. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, look, I work for a bottler. We don't get to make any of those choices. <laughs> And my bottler that I work for is amazing, uh, and they are faithful Christians. But anyway, hey, I, and I, I shouldn't have said Coca Cola. I was just yeah, I'm yeah, drinking yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm whole, yeah, I'm drinking yeah. bubbly actually. Yes, yeah, so but now not, I'm gonna go mine. have a Coke actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not mine. You don't sell. Bubbly. I don't sell that. And go ahead and look on the back. I bet you it says PepsiCo. Oh no. <laughs> Um, I'm falling apart here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so sorry, Kate. Yeah, <laughs> she's in the other room. Oh no, we've got Pepsi products. In the house. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyhow, yeah. So uh, you know what I tell her, and, I, and not that I'm an expert on this subject at all. I just know that I've had to walk through it. And even when I first got out of the army, I fell back into the comfortable, predictable pattern. Um, I called a guy that I had dated before the military. We were back living together within two weeks and I lived in that relationship for five years, right? And so that was two years past when I got sober and, and found Jesus. And um, I, I have a lot of, um, you know, the way I handled things was not great in that, but he was not coming along in the walk with me. And, and I, be, I, you know, was becoming somebody completely different and we ended up, you know, separating, but I was alone for two years after that because, um, I had to find out who I was in Christ. And so That's good bef- stuff. before I could be, be, before I could come with someone else and bring someone else into my life, I had to figure out who I was and my worth and my value and, and you can't do that if, if you're always worried about someone else loving you or what they what they think of you or what your worth is in that. So I'm, I think I, you wanted to say, say something there, but it was... No, like, yeah. I, this is... Like, it breaks my heart a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah. I don't know how many guys, mm-hmm. males oh, yeah. here... Have told me in the last couple of years, man, I'm I'm really looking for this. I want this relationship. I want to be loved. Mm. It, it ain't what it ain't really what they want. Well, they, they are they're already loved. They just don't know it, right? Right. They they yeah. want it. They 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 really want to be in a relationship where they realize how much Christ loves them. Yeah. Yeah. How much value they have. Um, and so this is a church, right? So, so I can tell you that I, I saw this diagram one time and I was just blown away by it. Cause I had never thought of it in, in a million years. And, and I'll try to explain it since it's radio or <laughs> podcast. Um, but basically it had, you know, the wife, the husband on the bottom two points of a triangle. Mm-hmm. 
and then God at the top point of a triangle, right? And it says the closer she gets to God and the closer he gets to God, the closer they get together because they're moving up that triangle. So if you're always focused on him, isn't it? I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's so simple because if we're focused on him, we're moving closer together because we're both moving towards God Yeah. from the bottom corners of the triangle. And I was just like, man, that's just mic drop profound right there. (laughs) The Dave Chappelle. (laughs) Uh, So profound and so simple at the same time. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, any any advice I could give on that would just be that we have to understand our value and our worth in Christ before we can add to our life by bringing another person into it. So celebrate recovery. Mm-hmm. It's a lot about addictions. It's about uh, any hurt, habit, or hang-up. So yeah. it's, it's about uh, any of the things that are stopping us from a deeper relationship with God and others. And, and there's, I mean, like, the sex thing is real. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know how many people I talk to that are addicted. Well. I'm addicted to whatever. Whatever they fill in this gap. And, and, and addiction is so much more than just drugs and alcohol. Addiction is social media. It's it's whatever we're using um, to soothe ourselves. I guess, is the best way to say that, um, you know, outside of God. So all these things that we do, scrolling social media, eating food drinking, drugging, relationships, all those things that we're doing to fill the void in our heart that only he can fill. So, um, you know, at CR, we have small groups, depending on the size of a Celebrate Recovery, might depend on how many small groups you have and what different varieties they are. For us, we have, we're blessed to have a large Celebrate Recovery and we've got um, life issues, trauma, loss, food, and addictions. For women. And then for men, we have life issues, welcome home, military specific. Um, so that's for our veterans and, or active duty. Um, addictions and then intimacy, integrity. I'm enjoying the comfortableness of the silence, yeah. but I'm also, I'm also, I'm also typing like, cause I, I like kind of, you know, I like kind of got a note there. He has well, I got to write something down at the end. Like, cause when we yeah. do the podcast before I didn't have a lot of purpose, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just cruising around the country Yeah, yeah. and, and it's strange too, because during that time, I mean, there's, there's over like a dozen people to tell you, Hey. I decided not to kill myself because Matt showed up and played some music. Yay. Not Amen. because Matt showed up and prayed with me. I'm, yeah. I'm like I'm, I'm playing music and like and it's weird because I don't really know what I'm doing. But I think a lot of times you and I, the ministers, don't have any clue what you're really doing. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit's using you how the Holy Spirit wants to Amen. use you. Yeah, you just gotta say yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it, like you don't know who this is gonna, you know, this this thing's gonna touch or who's who's gonna you're. You just do it, yeah. Because you're supposed to. Because you know within your soul that um, freedom life compass. I, I love that. I love the. I, I love the idea of freedom, right? Because freedom's never free. Mm-hmm. Life doesn't happen by yourself. Mm-hmm. That's two people that give you life. Yep. Minimum. And then and then and then other people come along like Old Man Fox. Mm-hmm. And then how many other hundreds of people? Yeah. Dude helped you get your GD in three weeks? Yeah. If that's not a little shady, well, my dad was a major recruiter in the United States Army, so I won't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Um, <laughs> no, but, like, those guys, they saw your worth 
Yeah. Yeah. They saw your value. Mm-hmm. They're not going to let a piece of paper stand in the way of who you are. All the people that do celebrate recovery. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget my brother saying to me, Matt, regular church does one thing, <laughs> but celebrate recovery is where I live. Amen. Like, and, and that's a, you know, here's my, my brother's not, he's not a drug alcohol my brother's never even smoked weed right yeah. like he he's the captain of a huge ship mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> right and like it's kind of crazy but he's like he's going to this thing mm-hmm. and then he's helping ladies from these uh abuse shelter places that nobody can know where they're at and right, stuff right. And Safe houses, yep. he they they lock and load and they go they drive them to celebrate recovery and they protect them and then him awesome. and his police officer buddies that beat somebody you know he just, yeah. <laughs> he's all about it right yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and it's it's super cool because i see this i see this growth in my younger brother and my dad went to celebrate recovery mm-hmm. my dad's 29 years army veteran mean old cuss oh. of a first sergeant mm-hmm. god changed his life Amen. started going to celebration celebrate recovery and um therapy uh. by the time my mom dies or for the beginning of the four years she went into cancer stuff my dad had changed mm. and i'll never forget hey watch mom i'm gonna go to i gotta go to celebrate cr you'd always yeah. say cr mm-hmm. going to cr <laughs> and it's cool because i had no clue that you did that like yeah. I, I mean it's uh, um it's tough and and i'm not saying any other step programs don't work yeah i'm yeah. not saying that at all in fact if if you're struggling with something I think you need to get into something. Yeah. Because you sure. can't go alone. Like that whole thing we were talking about mentorship. Mm-hmm. You you talked about the mentee on mm-hmm. the person that you're mentoring, the person who's mentoring you. Mm-hmm. And over and over in this conversation, if you'll think about it, Stephanie has said somebody's journeying with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's like that's like this hand in hand thing too. So we have that and and I love what you're doing. I mean, I, like, I like the fact that you came up with the idea, right? Like, you know, when you look at Afghanistan or my uh, vet church skull, do you see Iraq <laughs> in the eye? Mm-hmm. <laughs> one eye is Iraq, one eye is Afghanistan, mm-hmm. Vietnam, and Korea. Yeah, And, you know, like, I came up with this stuff. Like, we have to be creative. Right, right, right. You're made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. What's that mean? Well, you know that God's creative. Mm-hmm. And so you've created this. FLC. I mean, I just, like, I keep thinking about it. Like, I think about how cool it would be to have, like, a compass painted on this thing. Yeah, wait. uh, So if you want to come visit, uh, I have a mural being done on the side of the building right now that is uh, sunflowers, compass, seeds, um, and it'll have uh, scripture. uh, So (laughs) let me mess it up. Uh, You will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. You know the scripture? Oh, my God. I've got it written down. <laughs> I was like, this is the one I want. I was like, I want this scripture on there. Uh, seek me and find me. You you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. I believe is the scripture. Um, but it's being painted on the side of the building. But, yeah, our logo is a compass. Yeah. I'm trying to Google it. Jeremiah 29, 13. 13, yes, because it's not 11. It's the one after it. Yep. Well, I always love 13, right? Because... Christ has 12 disciples. Yeah. So there's 13 of these guys walking around. <laughs> so, I, you know. There you go. Um, I like that. I, I love what you're doing. Thanks. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think that um, if you're out there, if you're a young lady, an older lady, if you're a female, and you don't have anybody to talk to, mm. I would say this lady right here, Stephanie, <laughs> is worth talking to. Oh, amen. Thank you. Because, you know, like, and the problem with being a lady that's running around with two phones and, and standing up in front of a lot of people talking is there's only so much time. Amen. <laughs> and so I'm not asking people to call you up. We're not giving them your phone number. <laughs> And yet, at the same time, they need somebody to journey with. Amen. I want them to go find a Celebrate Recovery near them and find a woman who is doing what I'm doing because there are millions, I would I would venture to say millions across the globe that are doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. They're walking into Celebrate Recoveries every week because they've found hope and healing in Jesus Christ and they want to share that hope and healing with others. You know, um, you've got hope on your wall. I love that. So I'm a part of Broken Chains. Broken Chains is a motorcycle arm of Celebrate Recovery, and we're called Hope Dealers. So I love that. Yeah. So um, we... Uh, writing that down. Yeah. Too. Write that down. Uh, you know, so we're out there slinging hope wherever we go, right? Just just telling people about the hope and healing that you find in Jesus Christ. And um and so I would tell you that if you're out there, any state, wherever you're at, you can go on CelebrateRecovery.com. You can type in your zip code and find a CR near you. If you go to one and they, it's not the best, <laughs> go to another one. <laughs> That's right. That's you know, really it. Yeah, because truly, I mean, here, here's the problem. We'll go back to human, us being human, right? Yep. So, so Celebrate Recovery is this, this awesome program that was built by someone who had a vision and he, he put it in a book and he said, here guys, here's what to do. Go do this, right? Go duplicate it. Well, in our humanness, sometimes we think we know better, right? And, and people will sometimes deviate in their humanness, not with bad intention, with good intention, um, thinking, you know, you know, just tweak it a little bit here because this seems like it would be better or this seems like, you know, this might work better for us. And, um, and sometimes they get off track. And so, you know, if you go to a Celebrate Recovery and it seems it's, it's not quite what I'm telling you Celebrate Recovery is, you might want to go to a different one. And you can find them in your area or, or, or you can call me. If you go to freedomlifecompass.org, you can call me and talk to me. I'll call some CRs for you and vet them. I have no problem calling and asking some questions. And I will know within a couple minutes whether or not they are running a DNA Celebrate Recovery. It's very simple. I've done it because I've shared my testimony all over the Southeast due to my profession. Thank you, Jesus, for Coca-Cola, you know, um, and, and you can very quickly find out if they're running a DNA Celebrate Recovery if you know what to listen for. So, well, you know, and, and like while we're on that, you don't like your therapist, walk out and find a new one. Yeah. You find yourself stuck, get up and move, mm-hmm. find somebody. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't just say, well, hey, life blows. I tried. <laughs> Yeah, no way, man. That's that, and, and the other thing is, like, people don't always get along. Yeah. Like, I'm this, I, and you probably are too. Like, I find, <laughs> I always see the value in people, and it, like, it disturbs me when somebody doesn't like me. <laughs> um, but not everybody gets along with everybody. Yeah, that's and right. Sometimes you just need to go somewhere where you, you find your place in the tribe. Mm-hmm. Who are your people? Where mm-hmm. do you belong? Yeah. Get up and move. Yeah, for sure. You, uh, you never know what you'll get when you try, but you sure as heck know what you're going to get when you quit. Ooh, that's good, too. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 
you can try and you can keep trying, you know, um, <laughs> go back. Yeah. I wear the 22 a day bracelet, right? Reminds me that each of us are one bad choice away from not being here anymore. Like we're, we're literally, and there's so many people that are out there struggling. So the other thing I'll tell you guys, if you're, you're out there listening, if you go by someone and and you have an inkling, uh, and you look twice, or you think you're supposed to talk to that person, listen, stop, and talk to that person, because you don't know whose life you could save in that moment, because you never know what's going on underneath everything else with somebody, and if you just stop and let them know that they're seen, um, it could save somebody's life, so I, I wear this to remind me that when I feel like I'm too busy to stop and talk to that homeless person on the corner, if God gives me the second, like I feel it, Okay, I need to go back and talk to him because that's not everybody, right? I go by, you know, you see a lot of homeless people, right? I go by a lot of them every day. And if I get that that second thought like, oh, I need to go back and talk to them, then I feel like that's the Holy Spirit telling me, okay, you need to go back and talk to them because God only knows that even me smiling or saying, hey, I hope you're doing all right today could change the course of their life. And so I I wear this to remind me that I'm never too busy to stop. The Holy Ghost. Never, never too busy to stop. Yep, because I'm I am busy and I run a lot. <laughs> well, and and you've been bought with a price. Amen. Your time is not, you know, it's not yours. Mm-mm. God's given it to you and He's going to keep empowering you, Stephanie. And I'm I'm just I'm, wow, I'm blown away. <laughs> this this is the way to spend Veterans Day. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah. Throw that on top of things. <laughs> well, um, anything else you'd like to say? Um. I think you covered it all. Uh, God loves you. So so all y'all out there, um, even if you don't believe it in this moment, Jesus loves you more than you could ever imagine. Enough to die for you. So that's the last thing I would tell y'all. You are worth it. You are worth more than you know. And every day, wake up and ask God to show you that. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this Vet Church interview. Your feedback is welcome. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com.